Hey, I'm Jim Woods, and welcome to the Finish Your Book Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by StoryCrafting.net. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, everybody, I thank you so much for joining me with Erica. Um, Erica Meyer, she's got her first book out, and we're going to talk a little bit about her writing process, what it's like to actually finish a book. And her book, by the way, before we even dive in, it is a, a picture book for adults called Reframe It. And I absolutely had to bring her on because this is not like writing a normal ebook. So, Erica, tell me a little bit about your book and what even like what started you in this whole like I want to write a book thing. What what was it that really got you fired up about it? Well, I've been writing since I was a kid. I mean, I think that it's one of those things where it's always been part of my life. I remember my dad bringing home like scrap notepads from work. And I, I mean, I was five, six, seven years old and I would turn them, you know, <laughs> turn them sure. so that they would be landscape mode. Right. <laughs> and I would turn them, make them into little stories and little novels. And I was been doing that since I was a kid. I'm 40, you know, 41 now, and this is the first book that I finished. <laughs> so that's like a big, big, you know, huge, huge uh, uh, timeline of not finishing. <laughs> so, so you, you had go. a bunch of other books that you started and just didn't finish? I had a whole bunch of a lot of a, a lot of other writing everything that I didn't finish. <laughs> yes, books and Lots otherwise. Lots of endeavors. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. What was the difference? What was the difference between this one and all the other books? I believed in the message. Hands down. I believed in the message. I was my own guinea pig. And so I knew it worked. And so basically the book is, is it helps busy adults to recognize the life annoyances in their life so that they can unload the unnecessary stress in their life so that way they just have a better health and quality of life. I teach busy adults how those simple shifts in mindset can you can immediately just eliminate everyday stress. And so the book is is a picture book and I wanted to make it a picture book because I wanted it to be read fast and I wanted it to be applied right away and no excuses, right? Because we're always busy, 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 busy. Everyone's busy. And so it's divided into 25 common scenarios where, you know, it's, it's stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day basis that cause stress, anger, and frustration. And in the book, I offer two ways that you can spin them positive in the moment. And it was losing my dad to cancer that actually inspired the curiosity about how positive mindset might affect the physical body and quality of life. And so it was that event that actually triggered all of the research, triggered all of the just diving into that curiosity. And that's where the book came. Right. I I was glancing through it a little before we chat here. And like, you know, when you like break your phone and this happens to everybody at some point, it, it was like, you know, that could set you off for like a week or a weekend or you're just, you know, all I have to pick a new one, I have to get it repaired and all this drama, you know, because we use our phones like a ton now, right? And you're like, just, you know, reframe it. And 
you know, think about, you know, think about a, you're giving yourself a break, you know, a breath of fresh air. Right. And B like, what a great time we're living in right now to have that amount of technology. And we take it for granted too. Right. I mean, big time, big time. And it, and it just evolves practically day to day. And I'm like, do you realize just stop and think about that for just a second? It's incredible. I'm over here talking to you like you're like we're in the same room. Yeah. You're in San Francisco. I'm in Ohio. I mean, exactly. And it's just like this wasn't this has just been in the last few years that we can do this with, you know, some a clear picture and, you know, hopefully, you know, decent connection. <laughs> Right, right. So, right. Never so, know, but yeah. You never know. But I mean, you know what I mean? It's just we we just get so caught up in you know how it's going to upset our day to day, but it's just like it's guys, there's there's quick fixes, it's not a big deal. <laughs> so All right. So you you totally believed in the message. It was like this just got you fired yes. up and you were thinking, Okay, I want it to be read fast, I want it to be a picture book. Those are really important components here because do you think you would have finished it if it wasn't a picture book? I don't know, to be honest. I didn't, I couldn't see it as anything else, to be honest. And so whenever the the idea first came in my head, I, I was just, it, it just felt like something different and it didn't feel like it was going to be some step-by-step guide and long and drawn out, you know, process as far as the wording was concerned. I'm just like, it has to be simple because we all go through these very specific scenarios in our lives on a day-to-day basis. And it's something we can all relate to and to condense it down into something that you can recognize it and, and relate to it right away instead of having to dig through a chapter, you know, and be like, oh, you know, and and just kind of unpack it all. I just kind of condensed it down into (laughs) very few words and been like, here, here it is. Here's what you're dealing with. And here's how to fix it. Right, right. But a picture is worth a thousand words, right? And you have a lot of pictures in the book. So it totally makes sense. You're still doing storytelling. You have each page really telling a different story. Right. So that's really cool. What, What was it like now actually writing it? Because you have all these ideas in your head what what was your process like? That process was a mess. <laughs> it's just a mess. And that's basically the way my writing process is now. I have to, I don't outline. And I know there's a lot of writers who live and die by their outline. That, it, that isn't me. <laughs> that isn't me. Because it, it, I feel like I get too locked in and... I'm just a mess. I mean, I, I'll take out my blank notebooks. I'll start writing a whole bunch of, you know, ideas and thoughts and all of that. It just becomes this giant collection of chicken scratch notes. And that's what I work off of. And that is what Reframe It was. I mean, it really was. It was, I had a notebook just full of different life annoyances that I was observing and stuff that happened on to myself or and to others that I could see just causing an uproar. You know, we have those friends on Facebook that complain about the same thing every day, right? <laughs> so, and so I'm like, okay, okay, I can pull from there and pull from here and pull from here, you know what I mean? And so, but it just became me putting all of these observations, notes down on paper. And then I must have made a collection of a hundred plus different scenarios as for possibilities to include in the book. And so then I went back 
I threw them all up on my whiteboard. I, you know, separated them all onto post-its and just was like, okay, what's going to work? What overlaps? I tried to have each scenario in its own category, like only one with technology, only one with, you know, vanity, only one with health, only, you know, instead of having a bunch of the same topic, so to speak. Right, um, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, that's what it was. It was just, it was just a lot of blank notebooks and a lot of posts. I love it. That's I love it, was. it. It wasn't even anything digital. Nothing digital until, until I kind of started to narrow down the, the actual scenarios down to 25. That's when I actually started to put things into a, in a computer type thing. Cause I didn't actually put it into word first. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you totally. I think that makes sense because a lot of people love the sticky notes or um, index cards. I like I even behind me, I have some like visual up uh, on the wall. I have like, yes. all my note cards taped <laughs> to the wall with painters tape. And I like that, too. I think it's all about finding what gives you yes. some momentum. And it's yes, because it sounds to me like word would have been like you're like. No, no, no. uh -uh. And I'll tell you what I did first. My first draft, because it was one of those things. I'm just like, I'm not ready to put it in word yet. I'm not ready to put it. Have you heard of that, of that app that Tom Hanks did called Hanks writer? No, that simulates the feel of a, of a real typewriter. It simulates the sounds and it simulates. Clickety clackety. Yes. And you can pick your keyboard and you can pick and it. It was, it's all app based. Uh And I'm like, I need to throw this up into something that is not word and something that's fun to keep me kind of like excited about actually moving it from (laughs) paper and pen to the digital space. And so I used that app first. That was the first thing I did. And this was back when Reframe had a different title and it Mm -hmm. had, it just, it was a very different feel. Um, talk about different drafts but but that was sure, the first sure. that was me kind of like trying to push into the digital space because i'm just i'm just old school i'm so pen and paper i love pen and paper so a lot of artists do i i totally i totally get where you're coming from because it's like that digital also often comes with distraction yes and you were like i just want to get this thing rolling yes so were there any points that, like during the writing process as you're, you know, you have a hundred sticky notes in front of you on your whiteboard. Yes. Were there any points where you're like, I'm, I'm just stuck. I don't know if I can even finish this. Like, I'm just, I don't know what to even do next. Did you have any points like that? Stuck points? I mean, probably yes. <laughs> and I think it was when I was just in the absolute throes of it and it was just I mean, it was all encompassing. It was all I could think about. It was all day, every day. And it just got to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I need to walk away from this for a little bit because it's becoming, it's becoming just, I'm depleting myself. And I don't know, I, I feel like it's, it, you have creative coffers, if you will, that if you don't replenish, they will deplete. And so you have to go back and you have to step away from your stuff and go out and take a walk you know, in your neighborhood or go take in a movie by yourself or go to a museum for the day just to replenish that creativity. And I think where I may have been more, most stuck is when it, I didn't feel like the creativity flowing well, when it felt stale. Right. And so I'm like, okay, this is where, 
we throw it, you know, walk it away, walk away from it. I mean, it could be two weeks, you know, three, couple days. It doesn't matter. You just got to go back and, and kind of refirm, you know, replenish whatever creativity you have expunged, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. And once you have refilled and kind of re- rejuvenated yourself, when you came back, was it like coming back with fresh eyes oh, yeah. and you're like, Oh, 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 well, duh. yeah, <laughs> right. Much better. And it happens much, I mean, yeah, much better. And it, and it, it works. I feel like it works every time. It really does. You just, you just have to be willing to, and it's hard when, especially when it's your baby and it's something you're really close to, you're like, I don't want to leave it by itself. Oh my gosh. But then you have to, I mean, you have to, you have to for the better, betterment of the project and just for your own sanity, really. <laughs> so, so yeah, it does. It works every time. Right. What kept what kept you on track? Obviously, you were very self motivated. You were, like you said, you were immersed in it. Did you have like certain touch points where you're like, okay, I need to finish the rough draft by a certain date. I need to finish this by a certain date. And <sighs> no, I don't think I did. I mean, I, I kept my deadlines, which is kind of nuts because I'm a deadline oriented person. I kept my deadlines a little bit loose because I think it, it allowed me room for forgiveness if I didn't meet it. And I and I'm I guess I'm the type of person if I break my own deadline then I'm just like forget it, never mind. And so and so I knew that going in I'm like I know my personality I need to give myself a little bit of grace if I don't do this. And so knowing how much I believed in the project I'm just like okay if it takes me and and that actually happened I was projecting a release date. Of, of the fall of the fall of 2017. And it, I just ran into hiccups, whether through the self-publishing process or one thing or another that I'm like, or it, it just, it didn't work out that way. And so I'm like, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that I gave myself the grace to be like, even though I told people and I was on social media saying fall 2017, winter 2017, it didn't actually come out till January 30th of 30th of 2018. And so I think had I been, you know, just dead set on a specific date, I would have been like, I I could have like easily let that get in my head and cause me to down spiral and be like, no, it, it's fine. Because, you know, when it comes out, even if it's later than I projected, it'll be better, you know, and so than it would have been if I would have done it too early. Um, and it's just, it, it comes out at the right time. And so it worked out well. I liked, and I liked being able to do it in the beginning of a new year too. So that worked out well. Yeah. A, one of your common themes that you, that you've mentioned a few times is being really honest with right. yourself, being self-aware, kind of knowing how you work. What about, you know, for the men and women and even boys and girls that they're just like, I'm not sure. I just know I want to write a book. What, what advice would you give them? Because that's, you know, I mean, you're, you're almost a, an anomaly because you're so self-aware and so honest with yourself, <laughs> yes. in my opinion. I guess it's years of not being honest with myself right. that has got me to that point. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and I think that if you, so you're asking what, I, what advice I would give if. Yeah, just, just for somebody, I mean, like who isn't, they haven't been you know, haven't been immersed in writing books as much as you have, or is familiar with their creative process. And, uh, you know, they haven't just had the experience that you have where you're like digital. No, analog. (laughs) Yes. Right. You know, I mean that kind of thing where, where it's, it's like, everybody's telling you different things. How would you suggest somebody like 
put together their own creative recipe, I guess, to write a book? How would, I mean, where would you start? Just, you know, somebody comes and asks you, what would you say? I would honestly say just start where you are and just test everything. Test everything and be honest with yourself if it's not working. Don't be frustrated with yourself if something's not working. Be honest with yourself. Be like, okay, maybe this is not for me. Because I used to be so, I used to feel bad that I, that I didn't like outlining. Because, I mean, writers just like, so many writers love the outline. And I'm just like, and I, but I never did. And I used to force myself to do that. I used to force myself. And it, and it would always, like, it, I would hit a roadblock every time. Every time. And so I'm like, I just need to be, I just need to accept this is how I work and that's okay. And so if you're never, if you're new to the process, if you're, if you just don't know where to start, if you're just, if you have no idea, you just have to like throw a whole bunch of stuff on the wall and figure out what works best for you. I mean, and, and it's, it sounds so general and it sounds so obvious and it sounds so like, I mean, I feel like, you get that advice. You're like, well, I still don't know where to start. But I'm just like, well, write something down on paper. And if you hate doing that, if you feel drawn to your computer, then that says something. I mean, those little bitty steps, those little bitty details, you just follow that. Right. That's great. That's fantastic. And having that attitude of experimentation and uh, maybe it's as simple as recording some videos and then you listen to the video or, you know, like you did with the notebooks and keeping a lot of ideas in there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Now, any surprises? I know you kind of hinted at it. Any real surprises in the, you know, finishing process when you had to, you know, go push the publish button and, you know, ship it out? Any any just surprises, things you wish you would have known? Self-publishing is a beast. (laughs) That that I was not, um, that was very eye-opening. Because even, but Mm. by the same token, it was very, I I appreciated having the freedom to be able to go in and change things at the last minute where, of course, if we did that traditionally, it would have been much harder, but I, it was a beast, (laughs) especially with the proofs that came down from, you know, the company that I chose to, to do the, the printing and everything like that. and, And some of the snafus that I went through with that, I was just like, Really? Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. This is a much bigger, Jim didn't warn me about this. (laughs) I did. I did help support you a little in the background, but I think that's, I think that's a key part too. You have to have a little support. You do. Um, You do. And also now you were working with an illustrator. Yes. How'd you find an illustrator? Because that's an element that a lot of writers, like even myself, I have a kid's book, but it's, it's, it's words only. <laughs> oh, wow. How do, you find the, how do you find the illustrator and how do you like work with the illustrator? That was a very, very long. I think I did a lot of that last summer. That was a big process trying to, I, I ended up, cause I have a, a presence on Upwork and Fiverr anyway, cause I do voiceover as well on the side. And so I had profiles on those platforms And so I'm like, okay, I know those platforms. Let me look for my illustrator there first. And so I ended up just like doing a ton of interviews on both of those sites for different people that I had basically chosen. And what I did is I narrowed them down and I gave them a test to see how they would interpret something that I had written. Like I did like a funny little scenario in the book about running out of coffee (laughs) 
And so, which is basically a non-scenario because I'm just like, there's no excuse. You just, you, I'm not reframing this for you. You suck for running out. So That's hilarious. And it's just like, and so I, um, I basically gave them all a version of that scenario and just said, I want you to draw for me what you interpret, you know, somebody running out of coffee and freaking out. And you, you show me how you interpret that. And I narrowed it down to about three or four illustrators who, and they were great. It ultimately came down to budget and it came down to, um, just experience. I ended up hiring the woman that did my, my illustrations. She did this, um, illustrations for the worst case scenario survival handbooks, which I'm like, Oh, that's cool. So, so she had that experience. She had a psychology background as well, which I thought lent, lent really well to the book as well. So even though, you know, I, I, I loved some of the, the other illustrations so much, I, I basically went with experience and cost, but finding the illustrator, I mean, that's a process. It was a process. It's very time consuming. Yeah. But it, it sounds like you, you had it real, you had a good idea what you wanted and you had the budget, you had a lot of the pieces in place. It was the actual legwork doing the interviews and all that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, in, yeah, it just, and because it was global, right. I was, I was, you know, I was, I ended up interviewing people from literally like Romania and the UK and I, I don't remember what else, a couple of other just countries and then, then the US. And so I ultimately ended up choosing a US based illustrator because I thought, okay, I need to be able to be roughly in the same time zone, you know, have, you know, as much as I do work with, you know, obviously foreign, foreign, um, talent, I just, I'm not like, I, ha- I, I don't want to risk a language barrier right, problem right. either. That makes sense. And so, and so, yeah, it, it just was too important to me to, to risk right. that. And so, um, but yeah, but finding the illustrator was definitely a task <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go from the, the hard work tasks. Let's, let's take it to the happy note here. Yes. How did you feel when you first held your book in your hands? I mean, how, when, when you're like, okay, I actually have this, it can go to stores, it can go to people. How did you feel? Surreal. I still don't, I, it still feels surreal. I'll be totally honest. I mean, I, I have, was able to get it in some local mom and pop mm-hmm. type bookstores here in San Francisco. And I see it now on the shelf and I'm just like, it doesn't feel, it still doesn't feel real to be honest. And I'm just like, it feels like it blends in with all the others. I'm like, I don't know what that's about. I have no idea what this book is. <laughs> so it, it doesn't, it still doesn't feel like mine, which I don't, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Every time I see your Instagram or Facebook, it's like, Hey, I got it in this next store. I got it this in, in another store. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, wow, look at her go because that's fantastic. You're just, it's like, yeah. it's like another store in San Francisco. And I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of bookstores in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. And, you know, and, and it, it, we're working on consignment. That was basically how I was able to do it there, you know, especially with the independently owned ones, they want to be able not only to support, you know, the independent authors, but independent local authors. Mm-hmm. And so when they knew, especially, you know, one of them in particular that, that has been, you know, a really, really awesome bookstore to have my book in. When they found out how close I lived to them, they're like, oh, you're like down the street. Of course we want your book in here. <laughs> so it worked out really well. I mean, it really, it, it's been fun. But, but you know, going back to it, it, it feels surreal. I mean, holding my book, it just feels surreal. I don't, I don't know if it ever will feel real. <laughs> so. <laughs> but it's, if you come out with another, you'll be like, okay, now I have two. I, yeah, I, now it's real. <laughs> 
All right. Final words of wisdom from you, Erica. What advice do you have for that, for that author to be that writer who has a book that's like half finished? They've got it. It's sitting on their hard drive. Every time they, you know, they comes up, they, they're like, oh, it's staring at me. I'm going to go, go watch Netflix or I'm going to go, you know, go on Facebook yes. or I'm going to go do something else because I'm getting that, that guilt right. vibe from the right. file staring at me on my hard drive. What do you say to them? I would be and talking about being honest with yourself. I would ask yourself why you haven't finished it and, and really get in tune with yourself for the answer because we can say, we don't have time. We can say, Oh, my kids are distracting me or whatever, but is it really that? What is it? I mean, dig down deep <laughs> and figure out what it is that's stopping you from finishing and then unpack it and deal with it because usually it, it's a much deeper reason than we, than we realize. And it, it's, it might be like, it's, it might be a hard thing to face sometimes, but those are the things that we just have to kind of break through. And I think a lot of the reasons why a lot of the stuff that I worked on before I didn't finish, I just didn't love it enough. I wasn't passionate enough about the message or at the time I might not have been really focused or really clear on what it was. Um, but you have to just be honest with why you're not finished and don't, and try not to use the classic excuses, try to figure out what it is. Cause it's usually something a lot deeper. So that would be my advice. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Erica. I, you're it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the finish your book podcast. If you'd like some help with your book, whether you're starting or finishing or no matter where you are right now, you can go to storycrafting.net slash finish. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next.